2: stop vikings talk it's purple daily on score north and score purple daily presented by surly brewing company
1: no you just when you uh when you see your players give all that they have and uh and you lose that way it's tough
0: you know you don't want that for them so um but we'll be better for it you know and there again credit minnesota but um you know we we made the one mistake that cost us, you know.
2: Dan Campbell doesn't just like football; Dan Campbell loves yeah. football. Booney, the Vikings, the Vikings made Dan Campbell cry after that game
3: on Sunday. Dude, tell me you don't love his his reaction, though. Like the the guy is clearly in a. Yeah,
0: an yeah Judd. Kid. Yeah, you know, Judd. We all, it. It. we all love it. We all love Dan
2: Campbell's reaction, I right, Judd? A-
0: my hat is askew, and I don't love it. It's week five, dude. Hold the tears for when it matters a lot more than that.
3: <laughs> yeah, he was, you could tell that he's a coach of the care. Like, he gets into that game so much, and you could tell he has a lot of that. So, I mean, I, you could kind of see it was coming. As soon as they lost that game, he was going to start tearing up.
2: See, Judd felt like it was manipulative and that he played oh. a card too early in the if, season.
0: I'm telling you, you t- if I'm a player, I'm like, okay, dude, you cried now. What's next? Well, here's the question. Do
3: you not believe that this year the Lions look the toughest they've looked in a long time? Uh
0: I believe that they look tough and that they are god awful. And I so agree. I would not I start crying. Here, here's Booney, here's the two things that drive me nuts, okay? One is you suck, don't cry. Two, in Jacksonville, <laughs> Urban Meyer, okay? You act like every loss is a college loss. Like now the oh. Jacksonville Jaguars can't win the national champion. Everybody just calm the bleep down. Take a step back. This is pro sports.
2: Urban I, Meyer's the best because he didn't
0: like, it's like he's shocked that he's like, well, wait a second. Alabama. He said that everybody's Alabama. Listen, yeah. you, you,
3: or I can't believe we're talking about urban Meyer still, but the fact that we are, the dude is clearly not built for this league. He doesn't belong here. And you can tell that. I mean, like even this last week, they looked tough, but at the same time they didn't win. And it's, For me, for him, he just says too many things and does dumb things. Like what he did was so reckless and dumb, it's wrong. But for Dan Campbell, it's different because it's like he's so invested. He's such a football player that you had to know that these days were gonna come. Like he the way he talks about biting people's kneecaps off and like the way that he's like going crazy. You didn't think he was gonna shed a few tears. Like there were a lot of guys I played with that cried all the time that nobody ever knew about, and it was like Yeah, he cried a lot, a lot, lot. Like, it's just the way the game is played. And sometimes, like, when you give it everything and you're out there. And I see what he's seeing. Like, he's like, dude, this team has sucked for so long. And we're actually taking the Vikings down (laughs) to the wire. Like, but you made the one Cardinal sin. And you know what? The 49ers made the same exact sin last week or two weeks ago against Green Bay. They left the number one receiver wide open. They just let this dude come and run this quick 20-yard hitch and come right back, and they were like, oh, no, no, we're going to keep everything in front of us instead of just being like, no, we're going to shut this one guy down and make you beat us with somebody else. Hell, we'll make you beat us with the run game if you have to. But to me, you like, I get why people are like, oh, maybe crying is not enough, but I saw it coming. I mean, the guy is super passionate about his team. He loves them, clearly, and they're clearly playing so much better than they ever have, which makes me think that they're responding well to him and like, yeah, this guy does care about us. This isn't just some pony show where he's like oh i'm crying like he's actually like dude we almost won a game i almost got my first win and we didn't now i'm upset he's also
2: like yeah i don't know him personally but dan campbell seems like the type of guy that doesn't really want anyone to ever see him cry like like if it was his choice he's not getting up at that podium and shedding tears you know in front of millions of people who are watching that clip float across social media like that was he was trying to hold that back and it was just emotions coming out right yeah
3: and, and like you said, I don't think he's the kind of guy to be like, oh, I'm going to go up here and cry and have everyone feel sorry <laughs> for me. Like, I feel like he's the exact opposite. He's probably yelling at himself right now. Like I can't believe God, you
0: show we, weakness.
3: You and, cried. <laughs> <laughs> he's like in the mirror yelling at himself.
0: Throwing, you know what throwing I got to say, Booney? Clean it up before the podium. That's what I got to say. Clean it up before the podium. If you, you want to cry like, in private, that's fine. I cry in private. <laughs> but get up to that podium and be a man and say, the Detroit Lions gave their best, and damn it, we're going to do the same next week. Uh okay, you you went there. I want to know who cried after games. Oh man, you Come know there was there was there. There,
3: there was there was one guy that I think about a lot, and he he would get so into it. I mean, he would just he was one of those guys that when he started yelling or like you know how like if a fight breaks out they instantly go to this emotional cry where they're like you know they're pissed off and you're like oh this is gonna get weird real quick. He. <laughs> He would be like that, and when you messed up, he was quick to let you know, and it get that emotional, like tear in my eye, and you'd be like, "Don't cry, just don't cry, man." Because if you cry, I'm gonna cry. There's okay, gonna bad news for everybody. Is it
2: is is it a former Viking? Can we? Can no, it's we, not a Viking. It's not no. the random. Okay, <laughs> no. random no. Viking of the week here. No. Okay.
3: No, no, but I can't tell you who it is. But, I mean, it's just part of the game. You're so emotional. You're so invested in it that sometimes you just get so mad and enraged as you're like, I cannot believe this just happened. And it happens a lot more than people think. But when you get up on the podium, I agree, like, dude, compose yourself. But at the same time, like, the media wants you, like, three minutes after a huge loss. And it's like sometimes you don't have that time to regain yourself and be like, it's okay. And and I'm sure he's like, dude, I'm telling you, the way that they talk in in Detroit now, they're buying into this gritty – tough yeah they're not good and at the same time they're still out there fighting and it's like this is incredible to see because this is the fight that the lions when they actually had good players if they would have had this type of fight they would have been scary good yeah.
2: so all right let's like by the way this is purple daily daily vikings entertainment we just want the vikings before we die just like one time just a parade one time in minneapolis uh if that can if that can be uh, so much to ask mackie judd our executive producer declan goff And our 10-year NFL vet and former Viking, Alex Boone here, uh, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Also, if you're watching us on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, if you're watching on a TCL TV, you're helping the show. We appreciate that. And TCL has a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. So... That was a train wreck of a win for the Vikings, and like their offense couldn't do anything in the second half, especially. Uh, a lot of fans, like you know, we do vent line right after the games are over, and we even heard from an usher at the stadium that a lot of fans were just kind of. Once the Lions went for two and took a one point lead, they were just like, "All right, just just lose, fire Zimmer, just move on with it. <laughs> we're good. And yeah, just all right. Let's just let's just let's tank and see what happens." And then, and then Kirk Cousins dusts himself off, 37 seconds left, three completions, 54-yard field goal for the win, and then we get the awkward celebration with Zim and Cousins, I guess. My question is, from your perspective, we all look at this on the outside and we're like, oh, my God, like, it's basically a loss. How do players feel about ugly wins like that? Where, like, you probably should have played better, you probably should have, it's the Lions, right? Like,
3: how does a game like that usually land in a locker room? All right, let's break this down to, like, the single core of this. Like, if I'm a player right now and say I just played that last game and I'm walking out of that game like, dude, that was a tough win. But a win is a win. And there's a saying in this league, and it's a win forgives all sins. So when you go in and watch the film, it's not going to be as nasty, but it's still going to be some correcting. There's a lot of things that need to get corrected. Before I begin, I need to say that this new left tackle, Shaw. I mean, after never having played, and I'm not going to go like crazy over here because it wasn't the Browns D-line, but this dude looks good. At one point, I saw a defensive end bounce off of him, and he kind of looked at him like, now what? I was like, dude, this kid's incredible. Football, And and I, I will say I'm excited about that, especially because some of the main problems begin up front. And when you're looking at this, if I'm on the offensive line, I know today as I'm watching the film, I'm like, dude, we got to be able to take our shots downfield. We have to be able to man up. And we got to be able to make these explosive plays scare people into what we used to be. Even when we don't have Dalvin, like Alexander Madison is stepping up in a huge way. And I don't care what anyone says. This kid is tough. He may have fumbled the ball at the end of the game, but we're all human. And why yeah, you probably would have taken a serious tongue lashing on the sideline for it. At the same time, you're like, dude, it's football. Like we got to play. We got to be tough. Game probably should have never come down to that close of a score, and we shouldn't be looking at 37 seconds at the end of the game. Like, that's just – but you forget it's a conference game, and these teams play each other so tough. in a really, really gritty Detroit team coming in with a new coach, and they just got this, like, we're going to fight until he tells us not to. Like, that to me, it's like, hey, man, a win is a win, and this is a conference win, and we have things to grow on and build on. There's no question, but I'm still happy that we walked away with a win.
0: Okay, so here here has been a point of contention since we did Vent Line on Sunday, Booney. So you are going to break, I guess, the the two against one. Dex and Phil disagree completely. The Cousins reaction, which I sort of felt was a combination of, of, of a Super Bowl win and a conference championship win. If you're a player and you see that, I thought that that was for a guy who's supposed to lead this team. And for a guy who, you know, I'm not saying he shouldn't be happy, but as we watch this here and we see (laughs) these two and Cousins celebrating like he is Namath, like he is uh, Bradshaw, um, that rubbed me the wrong way because to me, this shows that Cousins has no sense of timing. Like, okay, it's fine to be excited, but that excited for that win from your quarterback? Come on.
3: (laughs) See, that's the thing is, like, people want – everybody wants so many things. They want these quarterbacks to be political, and at the same time, they want them to show this emotion, but the minute that they do – and, yeah, the camera catches you at awkward times. I've seen even more awkward things that the camera doesn't catch. But to me, it's like, yeah, I was excited for Kirk. Number one, it kind of shows that he has a lot of fight left in him. Like, to grab the coach like that, number one. It, it was in the moment. Everybody's excited. You kick a field goal. The kicker just missed one. Now he makes one. Like, everyone's really, really pumped. I get it. I probably would have been throwing him around if I were Kirk. Like, it's super excited. <laughs> but I think the thing it shows me is, number one, they both have a lot of fight left in them. And that, to me, is a positive. Like, Kirk grabbing him and saying, you like that? Like, that is just like a, hey, cherry on the top. We can do this. Like, we got this. That, to me, shows a lot of, like, fight. And I'm cool with that. And on the other hand, when Zimmer throws him back and probably says, yeah, I do like that, like that to me shows that he's in it too. I mean, people are looking at this as such a negative, like, oh, look at him going at his coach. Like, dude, these guys are excited. They just won a big game. Yeah, I think a lot of people knew that had they lost that game, Zim probably was on his way out. So they're both kind of excited, like, hey, listen, we're still clinging on. And that to me says when you have your backs against the wall and you have these two guys who are clearly showing a lot of fight left in them, What could happen? The team could catch fire. The team could see that and be like, "Hey, man, look, these guys are still excited." Yeah, people think that we're in a down and out spot, so now we technically have the upper hand. Everyone thinks we're fighting, but really, we're just excited that our coach is going to stay. Our quarterback's showing fight. We won a game with 37 seconds left. It wasn't pretty, but we still won a game, and not a lot of people could say that last weekend. Yeah,
2: I do think it's funny that like whenever Kirk gets excited, he like he just goes to his trademark (laughs) catchphrase. He's just like,
3: and and Mike's a nerd. nerd.
0: What's he gonna he say is. to the head coach? Like, he I mean,
3: I would have probably have a lot more things to say, but he's like, What do I say? You like that? Like just the it's way so he was like you he like grabbed that? him with the fist you and like that. pulls That's him so in. True. Dude, you know it'd be great if you would like head them him. You like that!
2: <laughs> <Just> <laughs> knocks him out, knocks him out. Just just knocks him out cold. Cold. Oh my god, we got Zip a stretcher.
0: Oh my oh god. god.
2: <laughs> he just you like teeth, that? teeth are knocked out. Well, Judd pointed out something that you know, like Judd's the only one of us over the age of fifty. And, and Zimmer's like what 65 or 66 or something. Know, but he's crowded, yeah. But Judd's point was listen, you gotta be careful grabbing people over the age of 50 and startling them. Like, like cardiac arrest is not too you know far what? on the corner. Well, people know?
0: don't like to be grabbed.
3: Wake up or fall asleep. You're gonna figure it out, Zim. I mean, th- but that's like every I think the one thing that makes it look bad is that the coach from behind him kind of grabbed him. Yeah. And I think it presents this awkwardness of like, what did Zim say back? Now, I'm pretty sure I know what he said back because I don't think Zim would be trying to fight somebody after that. But when, as soon as that coach grabs him kind of pulls him back and everyone yeah. kind of looks over, you're like, oh, maybe he didn't say something. Like, dude, they're all excited. They probably were like, who the hell just grabbed the coach and threw him? Like, it's, it's just part of the game, and I don't think that there's anything bad from it, especially because those two guys would be the last two guys to want to fight. Like, Kirk's yeah. not going to fight Coach, and the coach is not going to fight Kirk. This is not going to happen.
2: Okay, what about in terms – because I know we got Judd Zulgad here, the Celebration Police, so I just want to run it by the Celebration Police. Can't yeah. that about, too much. The Yeah, the Vikings also carried that Greg Joseph. They yeah, carried their yeah. kicker off the field. You know, I don't That's what that.
3: we need to talk about. You I don't can't that do that. You can't Rudy somebody Thank you. after a yeah, game. Like, what? No, 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 no. You don't Rudy the kicker after a game yep, up right. against the Lions that you almost lost. Like, it's week five, y'all. You do that. That is for like a, uh, hey. Oh,
2: so a win, a win is a win until it's the kicker being carried oh, no, off the no, field.
3: Kicker's I see. getting zero credit, zero love from a guy like me. <laughs> he said, Are put you me kidding
0: me? Joseph said, put me down. He oh, went, yeah, I'm sure he was like, guys,
3: that's a big fine for sure. And I know who was holding him up there, Dozier. That's a fine in our room.
2: Oh God. Dozier? So
3: Dakota Dozier. Yeah, oh, so he was all oh. excited. I was like, dude, he's so lucky I'm not in that room because I would have hit him with a, a conduct unbecoming, picking up a kicker. Dude, him are them. you kidding me? What, what's you're the fine? Again? What's Why the fine? What's, what's the fine? Oh my! you you got to take everybody to dinner, and you're room. probably going to pay a handsome fine, for sure. They
2: okay, should we'll, they, they should have picked up Christian Derrisao and carried him off the field, 28 snaps, no pressures on. allowed. Hold
0: on, Booney, you would have said one thing, Dakota. You're active again. <laughs> oh, How's this oh you're suited impossible? up it's
2: crazy
3: man hey why are you <laughs> suited
0: up where's wyatt <laughs> davis our third round pick who was supposed to be the starting right guard hey That's you get off you that ohio
3: say. connection okay don't be mad don't be mad oh,
2: football all right we got plenty more we gotta dissect here uh we've got some other questions pull the curtain back questions here uh, but, Judd, speaking of pulling the curtain back, man, Judd pulls the curtain back, turns sideways. We can't even see him anymore because he's, me, down, he's down like 10 pounds.
0: And that, that gives true. me an opportunity to talk about my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. I am down, Alex Boone, 9 pounds in the first week. 9 pounds in the Football. first week. I'm going for a second weigh in on thursday so i'm 230 now i'm hoping to get down to like two i don't know what's you know 226 or so
2: alex what are you what are are you down from from when you were with the seahawks last year what are you down from then
3: oh probably like 40 pounds yeah so judd you got some work to do here
2: you got got a a lot nine pounds come on man
0: dude you're a professional (laughs) athlete i'm a (laughs) fat guy who's trying to lose weight on a program that works out great okay the best part is if you join now you get your first 10 weeks for free that's right a limited time offer and soon livia.com is the place to go or call 855 go l i v e a livia.com check them out i will give you guys an update on friday i hope to be down a few more and the best part keep your for shirt me on personally okay clothes uh-huh. are starting to fit again look at that dude Clos- Booney clothes didn't fit for a while. I, I was wearing sweatpants. Oh, I remember were you were shirts. you were snapping now, the elastic I on remember. sweatpants. We were talking oh. about it, Judge. <laughs> it, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. But the weight is coming off. Livia.com. It'll work for you. It's it's working for me. You know what? Let's go on the journey together. Because yeah. I just lose this weight. Okay, Dan crying. Campbell.
2: All right, all right calm Dan down Campbell. there, Dan Campbell. All right, man's all good. sorry. I'll, I'm sorry. I'll,
0: okay, I'm sorry. Out of line.
2: Also a shout out, our friends at Moon Motorsports are celebrating fifty years as a family-owned and operated multi-line power sports dealer in Monticello. It's my old stomping grounds out there, Buffalo, Monticello. So if you're having a hard time finding the machine of your dreams, all right, they've got the tools and manufacturer relationships to find the snowmobile, ATV, side-by-side, or motorcycle that you've been looking for. Tap into their relationships and their history and their knowledge. Again, it's just off 94 in Monticello. Moon Motorsports and MoonMotorsports.com. dot um, All right, let's. So the Vikings, Alex, have been at times they've been a total train wreck in the two minute drill. Like end of the first half, you know, they, Zimmer was Zimmer was so nervous about something bad happening that they just like ran the clock out with 40 seconds to go and two timeouts. And so they've had some train wrecks, but then they also have like. 37 seconds left and Kirk throws three darts and they set up a field goal. Um, And like even watching some of these games like Sunday and Monday nights and the, the two minute drills are being run. I guess my question to you is what goes into the preparation for two minute drill offense? And when teams fail regularly, what's usually the biggest problem?
3: I think a lot of the problems now is pressures and sacks and quarterbacks not being able to extend plays. There's a lot that goes into two minute. There's like a whole day that's kind of dedicated to it because your Wednesday is normally you're like your run game and your ground game nine on nine. And then your Thursday would be a little bit of two minute um, and third down. And that's when you're really going to push it and hammer because the passing situations, but for like, for a lot of the two minute, I mean, you always see teams get better because when you start to pick it up, defenses don't have a lot of time to communicate. And that's when you can really start throwing things at them. And to me, when you look at this Vikings, when they did go into halftime, I was kind of like, man, I'm surprised they didn't try to like air it out a little bit, try and like get them with something. I mean, and, and that's the thing. Like there's so many coaches that are just caging these beasts. and They're not taming them and they're not letting them just go like, hey, there. There's however much time left. Let's try and get something. Let's try and put a little fear back into these guys. Let's let's go in at halftime feeling good about ourselves. And to me, a lot of these teams stall out because, number one, incompletions, uh, pressures, sacks, like they just they come out and they look good at times. And then all of a sudden there's other teams that they just look like they've never gone over a two minute situation in their life. And it's and it's kind of sad at the same time, because you're like, dude, if you're not spending enough time on two minute or or third down. These are the things that are killing teams right now. They can't move the ball. They can't push the sticks. They can't get anything going. And even when you speed it up, if you can't get anything going, that just means you're a bad offense.
0: Yeah. Hey, is – is especially these past two, two games, Booney, does the play calling come back on Kubiak, Zimmer, or – because, like, the, the end of the first half to me, when you've got Thielen, Jefferson, and Osborne, Makes no sense to just say, you know what? Uh, if we can get ten yards from Madison on this run, then we'll do something. But if right. not, but but uh, who should we, for for lack of a better term, who should we blame here for a series like that where it's just basically let's give up?
3: You know, I want to say Kubiak, but I think a little bit of it has to do with probably Zim, too, because at the same time, he's one of those guys that he's like a Pete Carroll. You know, you hear about these guys all the time. Oh, they like it when you run the ball and they get to play defense behind it. But at times that's not working. So you have to let these OCs become creative enough. Now, my biggest gripe with the Vikings offense is that I don't feel like it is dazzling enough. You look at it and a lot of it's just so plain Jane. And you're like, dude, if you don't move people, if you don't scare people pre-snap, you let these guys sit in their own mind and think to themselves, okay, here we go. I got a trips formation over here. It could be a bubble. It could be a zone. That's it. If you start moving people, well, then all of a sudden a trips becomes a deuce formation, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, now they could play action out of that. Now they could run the smoke screen over there. Or they could run for the counter screen. Like, yeah, like there's a million deuce things. And hip sometimes hip people think that, like, the pre-snap, they're like, oh, I'm just so sick of it. But a lot of it isn't for the fans. It's for the offense, and it's for them to get into the minds of the defense because you can only run certain plays out of certain formations so that's why like you see these teams like philly and the niners they're always moving from like an under center to a gun to a pistol because there's only so many plays you can run but if you make this defense run through a whole rolodex pre-snap well they're probably thinking more than they're reacting so all of a sudden you kind of have them by the tail and they're like oh my gosh now it could be a million different plays but when you look at the vikings you're like Okay, let's see here. It's like an I formation. It's probably gonna be a zone. Zone. Got it. Got it. Let's right. see here. You got one back in the backfield. It's probably gonna be a screen. Screen. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Like you become so predictable because you're running it out of the same formations, the same things. And all these other teams are just so crazy. And you have this talented wide receiver group that if even KJ Osborne at this point were to go in motion, somebody would be like, Why is he going in motion? What's he doing? Where is he going? We haven't seen this. Like that's you have so many threats out there that it's like if you just motion somebody across, half the defense is gonna start screaming something because they don't know what's going on or they don't know what the check is on defense
2: yeah when i brought this up on Ventland of these guys so you had chris myers and daryl moose johnston doing the game on fox the lions and vikings and yeah you know your offense is conservative when you have a mid-90s fullback in daryl moose johnson that's calling you out for being too conservative in the second half of that game
3: See, you know like neck roll guy tell- is telling yeah. you that
2: this offense is too conservative
3: And that falls back to me, and I'm just saying this, and I know – you know me I don't really care what people think but I'm just giving you my honest opinion my honest opinion is that Kubiak feels like he's probably caged at the same time because of who the head coach is he doesn't have a great track record of dudes wanting to hang around and stick around and at the same time he's been known to meddle in an offense when you know nothing about the offense you're a defensive guy stick to the damn defense so you're a young OC you know you have this really tough head coach who's probably on a really hot seat right now and you know that hey listen if things go haywire I'm gonna be the first one to get the flame pointed at who's gonna be the next probably Kirk and then Zim's finally gonna have to take it himself but at the same time you're hindering this offense so much even without Dalvin and this is probably one of the bigger surprises to me this year is that the Vikings continuously look good without Dalvin and even when Dalvin was in there he didn't look good they still look good as an offense like you're like okay I get it like maybe they don't need Dalvin as much as we thought they do maybe all of a sudden Kirk can start picking these things up and Alexander Madison is still a threat because when you look at the play action this year, it's not about how many yards you get in the rushing, it's about how hard you rush those yards. And when you have a guy like Alexander Madison, if you just show ball a tiny bit, a sneaky little bit, a linebacker is going to go, "Hey man, this dude's been known to crush some dudes. I'm going to have to get up there and meet him." And as soon as he takes two steps, he realizes it's play action and then you're you're beat already. And that's why this is working out so well is because Alexander Madison was like, yo, I can tote the rock too. I can do these things that everybody else can do and credit to him. Cause he's really helping this offense in ways that
1: people don't know. Boone, so when, oh, sorry, Dex. when, when you're an offensive lineman and you keep seeing these second and long plays going and going and going, but they're not being effective. They keep being called over and over again. Like when you then have the game and then you start watching the tape, it, it's the week leading up from what you've just saw do you get like tired of running on second and long knowing that it's not working? Or are you just like an offensive lineman who I know you are and you just want to punch that dude in the mouth every single time the play's called like as a lineman, what is it like to watch a play that you keep running and it's not effective? but You keep going back to the well and trying to make it work.
3: I think at times it becomes frustrating, but you know, it goes back to this whole thing. You have to understand the system that you're in. Like when I was in San Francisco and we would get into a second and long, you know, there were so many plays that could squirt you out and, Jiro would run through the Rolodex of them just to find out what what's gonna work. Let's just let's run a G play this time, and then we'll run a, a blunt this way, and then we're gonna run a, a trap this way. You know, it, it's kind of funny because the Vikings defense is kind of going through this right now. They're having to deal with so many people running so many different styles of football against them, right? Like people at times are running up the middle against them, outside on them. They're running traps, they're running crunches, like they're running everything. And it's kind of it's tricky for. A defense to start figuring you out when every week things keep changing. When you have this offense and you can't continuously look at another team and go, we should be doing some of that too. Like, we should, like that to me, it's you're looking at this and you're like, this offense could be so much more. But then all of a sudden they're not because these plays aren't working, like you said. But at the same time, why aren't they working? Because a lot of times guys aren't getting blocked. Like, you're looking up front. And a lot of times this year when running backs aren't having success, it's because D linemen become free. The, these guys on the offensive line, they're getting lazy at times. I'm watching in this game and there's scoop blocks that the, the guard and center aren't hip to hip. So all of a sudden the nose tackles barreling down on Alexander Madison. Like when you look at the film and you realize that you only have yourself to blame for plays, not going every play, anytime should be able to get at least one or two yards. And when you fall forward, you should be able to get four. Why don't you? Because you don't block guys at the line of scrimmage. You don't block the linebackers that are screaming downhill at this point in the NFL because they know they have to stop the run game or else the play-action game is going to come up. And then all of a sudden you're saying, hey, these defenses are throwing safety zip down in there at times because they're like, we'll do anything to stop the run. So to me, when you keep calling the same play, I feel like Kubiak thinks it should be hitting, and maybe it should, and he's telling the offensive line, listen, we got to do more. we got to be better. we got to take care of these blocks. Can't have the running back take the ball and then have to scoot out of the way of a nose tackle who's barreling down on him. Like that's not success for anybody.
0: So football. Yeah. On Kirk, yeah. On Kirk Cousins. On Kirk. And this is not to pick on Kirk, okay? But I've got a quarterback question. Okay in, in an offense like this, Alex, how many how many plays does he go to the line with potentially to check to? And, and I think that there's there's a perception now, and it, this actually uh happened during the children's years too if the offense is not going well the quarterback should just change the play which is folly like there's very like peyton manning can change a play brady can but if you go fully change a play you're in trouble so so what's the reality of when kirk approaches the line of scrimmage about what he can do and and the checks because my guess is if he full-on uh changes the play that's going to cause some problems
3: I'd be honest with you, I would be surprised if he has the ability to check a play on more than 40% of his plays that he runs. Uh, When you have the ability to check a play, you have to have, you have to integrate something into it, right? Like, there's got to be a long motion somewhere. Somebody has to stem. Somebody has to shift. Somebody has to move from an odd to an over to an even. Like, something has to happen for me to kill the play. They don't do enough of that for me to think that. Because the chances, like, when we would play certain games, we would say, hey, listen, if they get it, like, um, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day, Seattle, they would get into their 57 W and we'd be like, the minute they got into their bug, look, we're going to go to this play because it's great. It cuts their defense in half and it forces their corner to make the tackle. Like, You don't, number one, you don't see a lot of defenses like that that get into these funky defenses that you're like, let's do that. But two, you don't see him checking a lot of things. You don't see him throwing his hand signs up. Like, there's a lot of teams like Philly right now. There's constantly, people are talking. San Francisco, people are always talking. Hey, Larry, we're going to alert it. We're going to alert it. We're going to kill it. We're going to kill. You just don't see that. That's another thing. You're so vanilla. It seems like that whatever play you're in, unless it's third down, you're stuck in that play. Because here's another thing. You don't have a lot of time to communicate. So you can't be up there like, hey, we're going to go power left. Number one, you just told the whole defense. And number two, like, (laughs) what the hell are we doing? This isn't basketball. So I doubt that he has the ability. Do I think he should have more? Absolutely. I think Kirk is an underrated quarterback, and I think he's extremely smart. I think that if you gave him the option to say, hey, listen, one high, two high, let's do some of this. If we get press versus non-press, let's get into some of this. Like, I think he has the ability to do that. The problem becomes – Say you start a game like that. He gets peppered a couple times. Do you think he still has the ability to do that? Like, these are questions you have to ask yourself. If you're rattled in your own mind, are you really going to be thinking enough to get us out of a play? Or are you going to be thinking, hey, this is the play. This is my first read. This is my second read. This is my hot route. That's all I really care about. Like, there's so much that goes into that. And that's when you, like, when you can make a quarterback comfortable in the pocket and you can make him comfortable being a leader back there, that's when you give him more roles. That's when you say, hey, listen, let's get into this. Why they haven't done that, we know why, but I think at times he would be better off making his own calls.
2: Yeah, and he's been around like he's been in the league for 10 right. years. I think he has said on the record that he actually, you know, he listen, you guys call the plays, I'll execute them. He's He's kind of a mercenary in every way, right? Give me a guaranteed contract. I'll work for you. <laughs> Send in the play. I'll run it. Right. Keep the pocket clean. I'll throw a dart. If things get dicey, I can't guarantee you anything. But like, I think he prefers to just be a cog and they're trying to get him to be a little bit more of a leader. And there's been a lot of talk about that. But um, I don't know, man. Like, I actually, this is a good segue into the nerd football stat of the week for Alex here, too, which I think. Get those nerds! 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 We'll get to it in a second here. But first, Judd, just because you're on a weight loss mission doesn't mean you can't enjoy a beverage or two once in a while. And Surly Brewing Company is helping power this show.
0: That's exactly right. And when I do go to the fridge, I say to myself, what should I get? Oh, I know, a Surly Furious, because it's delicious. And there is, by the way, you guys, no better time of year to have a fridge full of Surly than right now. We got playoff baseball. we got football we got college football we got pro football hockey starts the timberwolves have started and surly furious is your beer of choice to sit on the couch and enjoy all of these games with their delicious games it's a delicious beer don't settle get surly
2: all right nerd football stat here this is very much like if you're a madden player you're probably going to look to throw the ball deep and so i'm i'm bringing like a total fan perspective here when I give you this stat, but the Vikings rank 28th in deep pass attempts this year. Uh, They've only attempted 15 passes that have traveled 20 yards or more in the air. The Raiders are at 35. The Bucks with Tom Brady are at 32. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has attempted 25 passes of 20 yards in the air or more, which is 10 more than the Vikings. And so, you know, we sit here as amateurs and we're like, throw the ball deep. And some of the counter responses are, well, but the offensive line doesn't protect. Well, uh, ESPN.com has offensive line pass block win rate. So how often did you prevent pressure for two and a half seconds? That's your job, right? And uh, the Raiders and Vikings are tied at 21st in the league, and the Bucks are 24th. So they're not even giving Tom Brady that much time this season, and they're still throwing the ball down the field twice as often. So I don't know, like, if we just say – Vikings, throw the ball deep more often to Justin Jefferson. Like, is that just a total amateur take on this offense? Or how do you see it, Alex?
3: No, I think it's number one. It's an amateur comment. Like, just throw the ball deep. But the truth is, and this is one of the perspectives of football. Like, it's such a chess match. And I used to hear the coaches say, like, the game within the game. And the game within the game was always the chess match between the two teams. And if you don't take a team deep and you don't threaten them vertically, they will start to shrink you down into your own little puddle of sorrow. Because if you don't say to them, hey, listen, you can't let your safeties just roam around this field any which way you want. Like a Jamal Adams, right? He's like the perfect example because he's one of the better hard-hitting safeties. And at times he gets in the box and he's like super fun and he comes off the edge. But when he gets in pass coverage, that dude is such a liability. Like he is every bit of a liability in this NFL. Teams continuously are like, hey, listen, we know he's going to roam here, but if we start sending guys deep, he can't start roaming here anymore. We can't have him in the box. We have to threaten them vertically, or else they're going to start letting their safeties, and that's the biggest like trend in the league right now is that you see safeties coming downhill so fast. If you could get one of those safeties to take two or three steps up and then Justin Jefferson go behind him like, Yeah, the ball might have to get out quick at times, but that's your job as an offense is to scare them vertically. And at times I think even letting guys just run downfield and chucking the ball up because you know what? These guys on the Vikings are tough. They are some of the tough receivers. Like Phelan, he'll go make contested catches. Justin Jefferson, he'll make them. K.J. Osborne, we know he'll make them. I mean, you got to sometimes just say, hey, man, no risk it, no biscuit. Throw it to the wind and let somebody get it because you have such amazing playmakers on the outside that you're – these 15-yard routes eventually become annoying, and then all of a sudden you get stopped because once you get to the red zone, things end up getting so much tougher that if you just had a defense on their heels saying, man, I don't know what they're going to do, and if they do play action, they're willing enough to say, hey, listen, we're just going to throw it downfield. We know we might not have a lot of time to do it, or we might have to keep tight ends in at the same time, to chip, block defensive ends. Like these are all the things that go into it. You have to scheme them enough that they want to get into the backfield. We want them to come down here because the minute they do, that's when we take the deep shot. And they got to do more of it. Because if you don't, people eventually just push you back into your own backfield.
0: And and here's my c- concern. Despite the fact that his first half stats were exceptional on Sunday, um, how close to, do you think Jefferson is, Booney? Or do, do you think he's at the point of expressing uh, frustration now? Because he had two catches in the second half. And I know the Lions were working hard, all right? I'm not doubting that. But he makes contested catches. He is, I think, one of the ten best at his position in the league right now, and potentially ascending from that. Um, this, to me, it is turning in, into at least right now, Stefan Diggs, too, because uh, this guy is far too talented to just be like, "Well, can't get him the ball." Sorry about. Well, he that. has a, he hasn't expressed anything yet, though, has he? No, no. but we don't. We, but we can't talk to him. And and he shows up and you know you mean you can't manipulating him impressors. into saying something negative right, about right. his quarterback. You can't get but him you would hear. say something bad. But you would hear <laughs> no, no. I don't want him to rip his quarterback. No, 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 no. I'm oh, saying the play rip the coach. The coach. Yeah. Yes, I'm saying play calling. I'm saying you're a marvelous talent and you're being suppressed by by a system that looks look like it's from circa 1995. I don't think it's a stretch to say at some point in time soon this kid is going to say what the hell are we doing here?
3: I think the problem is this you're not in the right system or year to do that right now. You stand up and say, I'm pissed. I'm sure the head man's going to tell you to sit down and shut the hell up. Listen, nobody cares. Okay. We're all pissed. We all need wins. We need to create these losses into wins even more. Like we got to keep going for someone to come out right now. I think that number one, it would be a huge distraction. And there are a lot of distractions in this league right now. And for a player like Justin Jefferson, even if he was upset, you have to know at the end of the day, this is a team atmosphere and you need to just start winning more. And at times I think that they have a good game plan. I think a lot of times, too, defenses are going to have to shut him down before they do feeling like this kid is electric. and He's like super exciting to watch. And I think the teams are like, hey, we'll do anything to not let him beat us because he is such a deep threat that we will look so bad if we let him go. So you have everybody watching him. Do I think he's upset? Probably not. I think he's upset they're not winning more games and that some of these games have come down to the wire, didn't go their way. But I don't see him coming out right now and being like, listen, guys, I want the ball more. Because there are going to be a lot of people that are like, hey, man, we need to just get some wins, and then you can start pitching back to us. Yeah. Uh, we
2: know we know. Frank Gore is your is
3: your favorite all-time running back teammate. Who's your, favorite, who's your favorite wide receiver you ever played with? Oh, man. I mean, there's a lot of them. Diggs. Diggs was one of my favorites because he was a real dog. I think Anquan was probably my number one. He was the biggest dog I played with. Randy yeah. was great. Um, oh, Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, he was one of the greatest to ever. Do it. I mean, there was a lot of guys, and they all had the same mentality, man. And it, you see it in Justin Jefferson. It's this dog like mentality. It's this. I'm not afraid to make these contested catches. I'm not afraid to go out of my way to do what I need to do for the team. Toe tappers. I'll make them look easy. And, you know, that's why. Like when you say, when you say that he might come out and say something, I feel like he's such a positive influence on this team that when he gets going this offense seems to be gelling better and they seem to be falling into this rhythm that if he were to come out like i hope that he understands the wherewithal to know like hey man you're like the biggest piece in this offense right now and if you come out and say something stupid like you're you're upset you're not getting the ball it could decimate this entire offense because then everyone's going to be trying to do too much to make you happy and you have to remember you're just here to win the game first and then we'll figure out the stats later
0: right but but him uh catching two balls in the second half on Sunday made no sense. Like, like you've got to pass the ball more that I don't care if if he comes out publicly right now. What I'm saying is if you're him, I think you are saying to yourself, I know why Diggs demanded out now because of how this runs. Like you just can't, I'm sorry. You're playing Detroit, which is banged up in the secondary. Not good to start off with. And and you catch five passes for 104 yards in the first half, including a couple contested balls. So it was nice catches. And in the second half, it's just like, sorry, dude. Sorry, we can't do too much here. That yeah. that to me, so I'm saying internally, if I'm him, the best way to get this team wins is to be more creative. And everything that you said about the offense, if I'm Thielen, if I'm Osborne, if I'm Jefferson, heck, if I'm Cousins, would frustrate me.
3: Oh, absolutely. And then and, and then it kind of comes down to this whole, like, who do we go to to talk about it, right? Because you can go to the OC and be like, hey, man, we need to be more creative. Right. He's going to be like, yeah, guys, uh, we know. But you got to go to the head man first and be like, hey, we want to do a little razzle-dazzle before the play. And he's going to be like, I know. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I think more flea flickers.
2: More flea flickers. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call one for. on it. Sunday. Like, yeah. Texans Dude, ran one
3: against the forward. Patriots. You know you're desperate when you run the flea flicker. Like, give well, the Texans.
2: Up. <laughs> yeah, the Texans. That's flea flickers. All right, Beautiful. what are we going to do, guys? Let's run a few flea flickers see what happens. Um, all right, let's, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spring a new feature on you guys. It's, it's just called What's on Boone's Mind to wrap these episodes. I don't care if it's fifth-grade football. I don't care if it's deep-dive film study, if it has nothing to do with sports. What's on Alex Boone's Mind today?
3: I mean, there's a ton of things. Number one, we are playing in the fourth grade championship this weekend. Oh, um, yeah. Saturday in Eden Prairie. Don't know Football. what time yet. <laughs> right. Got practice tonight. I'm a little nervous. I got to get the boys juiced up. No big deal. But biggest other than motivational,
2: that, biggest motivational speech opportunity of your life here.
3: Dude, I mean, honestly, I just think about all the games that I played in, in like the championship, Super Bowl, to college, high school. I feel like you're just never ready for the game, that I want to get these boys so ready that they know that there's a championship ahead of them. Like, I feel like when everyone's like, dude, it's just another game. That's great. And so obviously you step on the field, a million people are watching, and you're like, oh, this doesn't feel right. I wish somebody would have been like, "Nah, dude, it's a huge game. Get ready. Don't be surprised. Done. Got it. But we're excited about that. But, no, you know, one of the things that's going on in my mind in this league right now is these penalties, man. There's penalties everywhere and it's like dumb penalties illegal formation illegal shift players in the backfield illegal man downfield and it's like dude at some point someone's got to clean this up and to me a lot of it is like i think about this because the league is so separated from the great teams to the not so good teams you know what i'm saying like there's a big drop off from the bills and you know tampa at times and their offense is going in the rams and then all of a sudden they just like fall down like it's just so up and down right now it's driving me nuts
2: yeah i think like even how was it the Sunday night game? There were some just I think it was the yeah, it was the Sunday night game, uh, Buffalo, Kansas City. There were sloppy penalties and the refs were also having one of the worst games of the year where they're just calling like Phantom uh 15 yard penalties and it does feel sloppier than
0: usual yeah. with players
2: and officials in they're, the first five they, weeks.
0: They they are one thousand percent making up for last year. They didn't throw flags, it was oh, great. And they are now like, we got to, we, we, we got to get our, we got to throw our flags. It's
3: maddening to watch. It is maddening. And it's maddening because it's like, dude, there's so many teams right now that just shoot themselves in the foot. And you want to see them do good and you want to see them have success. But at the same time, you're like, dude, if your left tackle lines up in the backfield one more time, I'll come through the screen and smack him myself. Like, dude, (laughs) do this the right way. Will (laughs) you, please? But you know what else I was thinking about earlier today as I was talking to somebody about Eric Kendrick's one handed catch? About how yeah. sweet that was. I mean, that was yeah, such yeah. a Kendrick's thing to do,
0: wasn't it? Just mm-hmm.
3: Big, this big old paw coming up in traffic.
2: He's a safety.
0: He's Dude, he is he, he is a a two position player in my mind.
3: And I feel bad for him right now because their their rush defense needs to step up, and I feel like it starts with the two guys in front of him. And he's getting a lot of rap for it, but it's hard when guys are constantly hitting you from every which way.
2: Yeah. He, uh, sure. he, he helps prevent risk defensively for the Vikings, just like Federated can for your business. Federated Mutual Insurance Company, they've been around for over 100 years, and uh, they're just here. You know, you got a million things going on as a business owner, and they're here, especially when it comes to bottom-line protection, employee protection. Just make sure that you've got systems and plans in place, and you can, you can tap into the resources and people at Federated. Federatedinsurance.com. Click on risk management corner for more resources. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect Football. yours. <laughs> right. So, uh, before we say, so you like Darasaw. You like Darasaw. I do. rookie. I-
3: yeah, you know, I think he came in, he played well. And I think it was the perfect week to put him in. I think that if you were to win with Cleveland, dude, that could have been real bad. You just never know what's going to happen against one of the premier dudes in the yeah. league. That's, yeah. But I, I like throwing him out there, especially because there was times that Rashad did not look good, and all of a sudden, Derisaw would come in the next series and look better, and you were like, okay, wait, wait. Why Why is he leaving? Leave him in. Like yeah. this, And I know what they're doing. Who you got to – You got to slowly put him back in because, dude, when you haven't played for a while and you go out there, it's the tiny muscles that blow on you. And that's what they hurt the most. So I like getting him in there. I like getting him reps. I think this week against the Panthers, I'd like to see more of them because then you're going into a bye week and he can rest. So I think it's kind of like, hey, man, let's see what you got this week against a team that started out tough and has kind of since then squandered their opportunities. Yeah.
2: Anybody want to get emotional and cry
1: before the show's over? Or are we good? No, but we have a very important question to ask Alex Boone. Uh -uh. oh. Uh oh. Moon. So, two weeks ago, I made a prediction on Write That Down, our segment. Oh, that's right. Where I, I said, yeah. I said going into the Browns game, okay, that Darasaw would be active, which he was, and will play on the offensive line. Darasaw got a snap on a PAT special teams play. Does that count? He was active and he was on the offensive line. He was blocking a yeah. PAT. No. No. Told you. No. The, Why the, not?
2: the just just to clarify the phrasing yeah. of of Declan's prediction yeah. you. was that he will play a snap on the offensive line. Yep. And Is, so he played a snap on the on the I think it was unit. an extra point. He was like a left tackle on the extra point unit. Yep. What do, what do you call that unit? Is that an offensive line? It's
3: not an offensive line. No, it's a special teams unit. Yep. It's because it's mm. like the you have the uh, guards, you have the tackles, mm. then you have the ends, and then you have the wings. Yep, it's
0: not the offensive no, not. line. I, I, no, Mooney, I tried to tell him this like five times, I'm like, no, it's the offensive line. I said, and you
3: don't, you don't know. Maybe somebody didn't rush over him, dude. When you yeah. say offensive line, I think there's a running back behind you, a quarterback. You're you're He's you blocking someone. Uh, stepping down and dropping your shoulders, not really that hard.
0: <laughs> and, and plus, you it's don't blockings. I didn't you, say, but that... you don't get an offensive Sorry, line Dex. snap. no so Football Reference yeah, doesn't they don't give you an, an offensive, offensive line snap. snap. He doesn't get a. I played on Sorry, the offensive man. line. He was Dex, I tried. Tumor.
2: I tried to fight for you. I Ooh, I got to. Tell I got to jump off the wagon here too, man. I've You're covered
0: football a long You're time. I didn't play it like you did. I covered a long time. I tried. I tried to educate. And you know what happened? I got spit on.
3: You know what? I got you, Judd. Don't worry about it.
0: Thanks for that. I appreciate Sorry, that. Declan. I hate to
3: ruin your day. Yeah. All right.
2: Well, Dex, I was I was hoping to give you, like, an awkward, you know, Kirk Cousins Zim hug there if Alex would have like ruined in your favor. You like that? You like that? That's right. But Guy that's grabs not him. Boon's right. I right. like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hold him back. Hold Zimmer back. He's going
3: yeah, crazy. The there, He's right. got
2: a knife. He's got a knife. Oh, oh God. no. Oh, no. Oh, God. He stabs Kirk, him. Run. All right. It's a wrap Uh-oh. here. Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment presented by Surly Brewing Company. Alex Boone every Tuesday with us. And actually, plug your you – you're doing pregame on XM on Sundays too, right? Yeah, dude, thing. Sunday
3: pregame show, Tailgate. It's getting super hyped.
2: And sometimes you bring A-list celebrities on as guests, like – Dude, Phil oh on,
0: God! Like yeah, thanks for the ago. invite, Boone. I
3: mean, I had to bring Phil on. He was great, and dude, like, I didn't have to say anything because he was the whole time. He was like going crazy about the Vikings. We were like, all right, all right, I like. I you. used I
2: you guys know. as my personal therapist, basically, just to hey, complain about the Vikings. It's all good, man. We loved it. We enjoyed it. Sorry, Ambo, Theo, They're Harris, like, but this is my this time guy to bitch again. right now. Like, oh, yeah. We're as soon as he no. got off, she was Cut like, him. he's never allowed back." up Who is he's that, that clown? Cut yeah. the mic. We want to talk. Lose that guy's All right. All right. Oh. Thanks for hanging. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Actually, tonight, Purple After Dark, and then tomorrow. I'll write that down. See you guys.